Boom. Good evening, good morning, good night to all of you out there. The Council of Elders is in session. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode, episode three of this amazing show we've got going for you. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, we thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be with all of you today. Uh, we've got Nick, obviously co-founder of Crypto Dares. How you doing, buddy? Doing fantastic. Uh, thanks for putting this on number three. Number three, Stank. dude. I know. Next year we'll be on 30. We'll be seasoned warriors. Oh, man. Yeah, that'll, that'll be wild. 30. I can't even think of that right now. <laughs> uh, but man, that's going to be exciting, dude. Uh, I'm so excited you know, to be here. We've got a great panel of community members stepping up to the plate uh, for this episode. Um, but before we get to them, uh, just quick question uh, or, or quick thoughts from you. Um, in terms of you know the the current status of crypto raiders, you know uh, how how do you how are you feeling right now? Uh, you know is everything you know rosy or you you uh, you kind of struggling or like how are you? I'm feeling I'm feeling great. I mean, uh, of course, when you know like the overall markets and uh, prices and stuff like that aren't doing well, it definitely puts a little you know, stress and, and pressure and you, you don't exactly, you know, feel great about that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I feel really good uh, about the team and where our head's at and, and how the team is like maturing and we're, we're getting better at, um, you know, solving problems. Um, we've definitely been stuck in the weeds a little bit on Unity, but finally seems like we've, you know, had had some breakthrough on that and, and, are, and are getting some progress, which is huge. Yeah. Um, I don't think I fully appreciated um, the amount of you know hard work that it takes to build up the code base on like a proper engine. It's way quicker for us to do the things that we want to do in Phaser, but still feel really confident that you know being on a proper you know game engine is gonna um, you know pay off long term. But um, yeah, I, I think we're in a good spot. We just we just have to keep you know building and, and executing, and even if things get pushed a little bit back, we gotta you know make sure we're we're moving in moving in other departments at the same time yeah no totally totally feel that uh and i feel like you know the community they're hitting that unity win button every single day but uh when that does come out guys i mean I, I, we've all seen some leaks and whatnot and i know you guys are testing on on the behind the scenes uh hopefully i get to test soon just sneaking that one in there um yeah but, <laughs> but no man I, like i can't wait uh, and and patience is just a virtue in my book in in my industry patience is a virtue you, know, you can't rush anything because if you rush it you know down the road what you rushed you may be, may break and then you're fixing and fixing and fixing and it's just it doesn't do the community justice so i for one am totally. happy that you guys are taking the time and and and, uh, and working through what you need to work through now so you don't have to work through that later so yeah i appreciate that yeah absolutely um all right we've got a great panel a lot of amazing questions that are about to be dropped your way let's get let's head over to them and uh, and see what they got let's get in there let's go Go through that again. We got Helvy, we got Bilbo in the middle, we've got Kenna Bear and Dan K in the right corner. Thank you all for hopping in here. Appreciate you. We've got the uh, the Bilbo docs going on here, guys. Can we get some hypes in chat? Some hashtag ban Bilbo. You can't hear me. You guys can't. You you guys can hear me, right? I can hear you, but the chat's saying they can't. Uh, oh, hold on a second. 
Well, yeah, my name doesn't show up on stream. No, wait. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's Hobo Gaming and Bilbo, apparently. <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Going on. Yeah, I'll fix that. Don't worry. We, we got this. I got Chat, can you guys hear us? We can hear fine. Okay, they're saying they can hear fine. Okay, okay. Someone was lying to you. He's actually Bilbo. He's both. Oh, hey, Nick, switch your microphone over. There we go. All right, we should be going good. It was it's it's because Bilbo's on this show, guys. We're running into these issues. That's yeah, why. Sorry. Yeah, that's always what it is. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> living, breathing computer virus. <laughs> living, breathing computer virus. Uh, no, we love you, Bilbo. We love you. <laughs> Thank you. Ban Bilbo. Let Raider uh, teach four dollars or touch four dollars immediately. Oh my gosh, Keen. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, Nick, can you talk real quick? Make sure we can hear you. Mic check, mic check. There we go. Sounding good. All right. Uh, I'm going to drop the music out because that's still playing in the background. Uh, and then we'll get into this. Damn hobbits. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Hell V Gaming, Bilbo, uh, Kennebear, Dan K. Let's hop into the questions. Well, we're going to go left to right here. I have on my screen. Hell V Gaming, what you got for Nick today? All right, so uh, first thing I wanted to talk about is I just kind of wanted to, because it's kind of gone back and forth over the course of time with the uh, community and the uh, devs. Uh, I wanted to ask about how the team feels now about having, um, and I'm sure this will be very easy, very low lift once we get into Unity, um, just adding in drop tables and like a little eye button, something you can click on the dungeon that just gives you all the drops that are in it, what stats the item has on it, and what the drop rates are. Um, and something like Bingo Bango mentioned it in chat today too. And it's just something that'd be really nice, especially like if you're new, it's really hard. And obviously you were talking today too about uh, new player interface and making that more accessible. Uh, it's just really nice to know like what stats are on an item before you start doing the dungeon and where it drops and kind of an idea, even if it's not exact, you know, what the drop rates might be like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think there's, there's like, you know, two parts to that. One is just like improving the, uh, like the player UI and, and the information that you have in there, which I, I think is super important. And we've been, you know, like lacking in that. And, and that's why so many people like have been using Crypto Raiders Companion just to get some sort of insight on some of this information. Um, and I agree with you, it's super valuable. Um, and that's going to be a big priority with with Unity is is basically getting it launched and then, you know, improving those those UI experiences. And then the second part is like more transparency with the drops. And I'm 100% on board with you, especially now. I think originally when we were doing it, because it's not that hard to add, right? Like, like we have all of the numbers, like we have the assets, like we can just make a tooltip that has all of this. We kind of like intentionally left it out at first to like have like the mystery of finding things and like have the community like discover things for the first time. Um, but the more that we've gone along, I feel like, that's probably like more like negative than positive, you know what I mean? And it's it it's it it probably just makes a lot of sense for uh, for people to know, like as you said, like oh okay, I want to run this dungeon because like this strength weapon is sick and like I need it for you know one of my characters, so I'm gonna run that instead of it being like mystery and finding out along the way. And if we do want to have like Easter egg drops, we can just like not include those on the loot table, but like still have like the other stuff on there as well. So I'm completely with you on that. Um, and that's part of the reason today when I was like asking the questions, because we are talking about this a lot, like on the game design side, especially when like 
looking at the game and making sure that it has enough depth for advanced players, but also being like casual enough that like new players can like pick it up and understand it. And like to your point, like if a person doesn't even know what they're going to get in a dungeon, then how do they know if they need to run it or not other than, you know, straight leveling up? Um, and earlier in the chat, we also like touched on like uh, improving the tool tips to make it like easier to understand like what gear is going to do your character. Like if you get a new piece of gear, if you can just very quickly see like, oh, okay, this is going to boost my HP by 200 and I need HP. Oh, but like the sacrifices, my damage is going to go down by like five or 10, you know, when like casual players are like coming in and picking up the game are going to be like, you know, important. So I think that, you know, that's it. That's an easy and want to do. And, and thanks for the softball first question. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm you. Bilbo, uh, we'll, uh, we'll move on to you. Go ahead. Uh, my first it's a team. So um, you, you have one of the in the crypto world right now. Uh, so my question is, like, uh, when you start if, uh, to create crypto radar and what what were some characteristics for the members that ended up joining your team? Yeah. So like when when we started when out, we first... I mean, like a fun to like when we like first launched it. Uh, I, we wanted success, but I don't think we would have been like, oh, okay, we're going to be like at this size and have funding and have this many players. We kind of just, you know, a lot of people state of the industry, like where it is now, but like when we first came up with this idea, there was like two games you could play. It was Axie Infinity and like Zed Run. And we were like, man, like we would love to be able to like, you know, actually play like a, a game that reminds us of World of Warcraft or like RuneScape. And that was like the vision, but like the characteristics of like, um, like who we brought on to like the team, it's 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 actually crazy the amount of people that have joined the team that like started in the community in one way, like shape or form. Like literally the first engineer we ever hired, Ryan, um, he uh, he joined the team just because he found the game and he was like playing it for a while. And when we put up a job application, he was like immediately applying for it. And he did like fantastic work um, and then moved on to uh, another job but, but it was actually very in, instrumental in us uh, getting funding and like hiring people down the road he like recommended two of like the hires uh, that we've made and uh, in the past and actually uh, he recommended uh, both of the senior game designers that we hired in the in the past month um, so I think it's just it part of it is just like having such a strong community but also being like in a the right place right time with like an exciting new thing where like people just like want to you know be in, involved in this so it's actually been very easy for us to to like hire and, and, and get uh, great talent on the team and we're actually looking to to do some more hiring so we're going to be looking to bring in a um uh, a senior unity dev on our team um because it's been great working with the studio but like we feel like we need to really build up that internal expertise and like having an expert on our team is not only going to help our communication with the studio and our uh, progression speed with the studio, but like also with like uh, our core dev team getting more experience with Unity because we've built up a lot of experience on HTML5 with like Phaser JS and now we have to do this like big transition into an entirely new code base. So like, yeah, we've been just like 
I guess, like lucky to get so many like awesome people um, on the team that have just like kind of come through um, organically. And I'm, and I'm sure that will like continue to be the case to an, to an, a certain extent. I think eventually it will probably application on indeed.com for some <laughs> role here or there, but it's like, cool. Like, even when you think about like the music, like all of the music came from people that came through the community. Like we didn't put up like a job listing or like a, like a post on a forum for people to make us like music. And I think that's like, actually part of the reason why like our music is like really good because it's like players or people that have like participated in the community that are like making some of the music so it has that like touch that you can't just like get from someone on fiverr or upwork or, or something like that yeah that's a great question uh love that question question bilbo it's uh, i don't think we talk enough about i don't think we talk enough about the team uh not just the founders but the team behind all the coding and the art and the music like they want, they're honestly killing it. Uh, and the fact, you know, a quarter of them are, are community hires is just awesome. Uh, and this is a testament to what you guys are building in Web3, honestly. Uh, yeah, and a lot of these people have made, like, you know, big sacrifices coming from, like, cush jobs with, like, you know, guaranteed upside, for the lack of a better word. Like, working with, like, a big tech company or, like, working for, like, you know, uh, a bank or, 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 like, something like that. And they're, they're taking, like, a risk so it, it's it's like awesome that people are like willing to make that like jump and that leap because um, yeah. they paid yeah. off in the end so i i think it was the right decision for them <laughs> <laughs> all right uh dan k Kennebear, what you guys got uh so i was just wondering when we could expect like disenchanting possibly and like if it's pot if it's ever going to be possible to get like say an old item like the bees level like competing with like current tier epics maybe not current tier legendaries because those should probably always have like a little bit of an advantage but like even a light bringer like in like a couple months when four or five like you know still a strength weapon like that yeah a great question i just want to clarify but would that in in your mind entail them like rerunning the old dungeon to get uh so i mean that was another idea i was thinking that could be a really cool thing like there's heroic but like maybe we have like a new version of the dungeon that has current tier loot and you pay the same amount of keys that you would pay to go in the new dungeon or even more if like you know it's someone legendary item that like you can only get from like one specific dungeon but like stuff like that would be like really cool and i think like give people a reason to grind old gear and like shake up the meta just a lot more than maybe it currently is yeah, so I think I think that's a a, a great idea. Um, I I do like that idea. We have to like, you know, out. But Ooh. I do love that, and it also can sort of help with um, some meta balancing. Dungeon. There's only a certain amount of things you can put on the loot table. Therefore, like the things you put on the loot table, the meta in a strong mm -hmm. way. If people could like go back to um you know the witches and like grind them at like max difficulty uh like it was a new dungeon but like get that that gear but it's improved yeah. eye level is very doable and that's part of like the awesome thing about the eye level system that like centurion made is that like those kind of things like on the back end are like technically not that hard to do because it's mm -hmm. just a matter of like um like launching a new dungeon, just adjusting the eye or like a new variation of the dungeon, adjusting the eye yep. levels on the items and then like the difficulty of the boss. So I think that that's, that's very doable. And, um, 
and, and I do I do like that idea. It also like allows certain cool things to be very relevant. One of the things like yeah. Ken is kind of bummed out about because like I've been pushing like new dungeon, new dungeon, let's get new gear, let's let's right. add new things. And he's like, there's only so many great things I can make, Nick. Like, like yeah. <laughs> I can make, you know? And that's actually part of the reason why we're looking at improving the pixel size of the characters so that mm -hmm. the stop covering their face. More stuff to work with and like more room to mm -hmm. do that do that stuff. Um, and then on the disenchanting side. Uh, very much so, like disenchanting, crafting, like that's all 100% on the roadmap. Part of the problem, part of the reason why there may be like the appearance, uh, appearance that like features have like stalled is that I've been like trying to push the roadmap at the speed that we were able to get these things out on phaser because it's a totally. way lighter code base. And mm -hmm. now Unity's, um, it's, Unity's harder to build up the code base, but once we get it there, like adding new features should be uh, good, but part of the problem also is, and I used this analogy before, like I was trying to get Unity out while we were adding new features on Phaser at like the same speed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, trying to get them yeah. just to have this like relay race handoff. Uh, and uh, yeah, and like the devs have, uh, the dev team has kind of, especially over like the last month, like it sat me down and basically said, every new thing that we add to Phaser, then you're like pushing Unity back by another yeah, you're like time. pulling your guys yeah. in like opposite directions. Yeah. Exactly. And then they're like building something in one code base and now it's going to have to get ported over to Unity. And so they kind of like just like put, for lack of a better word, and was like, right. okay, we can launch new dungeons. We can launch new gear. We can do all of that stuff because it's not like crazy high lift. But like if we want to get Unity out, we have to like all resources into getting Unity out and then start building the new features there. So like all of that is 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 um still coming one of the uh new senior game designers is actually working on the disenchanting um and crafting tables to me it's good and it makes uh it makes sense and it like scales up properly um so uh we're like if if like unity was like live you know what i mean like the the disenchanting crafting would be like like in, in terms of the game design oh it's just a matter of getting Unity live, and then the first thing I really want to get into Unity is the is the true PvP because then that lets us do PvP matchmaking. Mm -hmm. And the exciting thing about PvP is it's something that we don't have to gate. So like we do have to gate the PVE side of things so that like people can't just run like a bot twenty four seven and just ruin the economy potentially. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't have to gate PvP because we can just make like you get there just like based off of like your MMR so it's going to be like a game mode that like people can really play like 24 7 like you can kind of do it with duels but it's not that fun when you're not actually playing against someone and you have to find someone to match up against so like the, I really want to get the matchmaking system in place also so then we can run the big tournament like that it has to be live PvP you know what I mean mm -hmm. like it can't be it can't be faked it would just not be fun and we right. wouldn't attract like the excitement from people outside of Crypto Raiders that we're like trying to accomplish with that so like that'll probably be like, the... and then we can start like knocking out the other pieces on the roadmap. But uh, to, we can get all inventory. And right. One of the problems with Unity is that they like made the like inventory slots like, and we're like, no, there's like people with like thousands of items. And like I have a hundred, yeah, hundred runes on one character. On one character. <laughs> exactly. And so like some of yeah. <laughs> 
yeah we've, we've been having to fix some things like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can't even sell them so it's not like they're going anywhere yeah. oh because they're not maxwell yeah, yeah. Oh, runes! Yeah, they're yeah. using it. Yeah, no, you can't. I mean, you can't even delete them if you want. No. <laughs> can't even just dispose of them. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Got these fifty thorns runes. I don't know what to do with them, but <laughs> I got them. We were actually. Thinking... They look pretty. They look, they look nice. pretty, right? We were thinking it would be cool if, like, runes could you could eventually maybe like socket them into certain items to either, mm. like, you know, enhance the item itself or like create. What if it, a... it like a. Uh, like magic damage like fire damage or like yeah you could like socket it in flame rune into like a helmet like buffs actually like that's against fire like if you do that then if someone uses in flame it doesn't hit you as for much because you have like flame like defense like yeah yeah that's a fantastic idea and then it would because right like we we when we way back in the day first put in rune before abilities right (laughs) we can like extend their like use case and like integrate it a little bit more well, that's great uh, i have a question that kind of piggybacks off of in a sense uh go ahead um, go ahead kenna yeah so uh basically because like like you're saying for for dungeons you can only have so many items um on the loot table because otherwise it would just be ridiculous you'd never be able to get anything there'd be like impossible <laughs> drop rates so yeah. like what do we have any info on like the future of endless dungeon like because it can't just be one thing obviously if we plan on coming on with more accessories we wouldn't be able to just pile them all into one endless dungeon so i don't mean daniel we're even talking about it today i don't know like what your guys is like but um when we get further on when there's going to be like classes and things what if there's multiple endless dungeons but they're like class specific so like one would be like a strength endless dungeon one would be like an intelligence endless dungeon and like or an agility like your main stats and you're gonna get gear specified for like what's gonna benefit like your raider the most whatever you're going into like more so uh class systems so like you could release more gear i feel like or more like ex- more different types of accessories into multiple different endless dungeons than just having one because at a certain point you know you're gonna have to like either drop stuff and get rid of it or like yeah i don't know but i feel like that wouldn't break it too much because we have multiple we already have its own tab you know endless is its own tab so exactly and it's great that you brought that up because i mean we've also been like discussing that with like even like story mode dungeons is like i mean one of the ideas uh with the team was that like we would have a dungeon like for the like class abilities where you would like like go in and kind of choose right. your class and then like fight a different boss that like only had loot table relevant to your class mm-hmm. but just in general not even that like just in general with like story mode dungeons like having like class specific stuff that can like drop but like it only drops if you're that class so you're mm-hmm. not you're getting less gear that's irrelevant and we could also do that like you said on the endless dungeon like uh the the plan for like the upgraded like version of endless dungeon um and the idea is to make it like more like slay the spire and so like how it would, it would work is you would like go in and you would fight a mob and then after that you would like go into a room and there would be like like maybe a left or like a right option okay and, and like there you don't know what's like behind the door essentially but like uh there could be um 
like a merchant that you can like buy with your endless dungeon points that you've earned to like okay yeah that like only works in endless dungeons so you can like push farther um uh, study the spire has like a, a healing pool you can have um certain like npcs that appear randomly but they have like a chance of dropping really good gear we've even putting in uh like crafting tables into endless dungeon okay <laughs> like craft certain things you have to like grind the endless dungeon and try to find the crafting table and then you can like craft like one or two things but that could be a way to like i don't while crafting but maybe right. you can, like, craft like a legendary weapon it's like have to like you know find the the right endless dungeon room to do it um uh, definitely um that's on like the pipeline is like improving endless dungeon but i do really like that idea because you're right like in order to make endless dungeon more valuable to run we're going to need to have more like table than just rings and, and bracelets which is uh like what we have right now um right. And yeah, and, and so I love that idea. So we can like break it up by classes. Um, we could make different styles of endless dungeons, like you said. So maybe there's like a specific type of endless dungeon where like only certain things drop. Uh, by the way, Langley, did you get this? Your call-ins in uh, 10 minutes, Papa? I did, and that is probably why we're lagging because I think I called on the wrong, uh, on the wrong Google. Oh my God. <laughs> that is oh, why. That makes sense. Yeah. So I'm like, why is this lagging so bad? And that makes sense. Be, we're, we're being uh um we're being on our free yeah <laughs> total noob move right here ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back uh, let's uh let's restart the call real quick um hold on hold okay. on Forget mission. the mission <laughs> <laughs> and we're back Okay, so uh, we've changed things up, everyone. Uh, Bilbo is now Nick, uh, and Nick is now Bilbo, all right? So, and Helvi is now Dan and Kennebear. <laughs> so we have morphed a little bit, all right? We're just going to make it work. <laughs> Nick, where's Unity at? Uh, Unity is coming very soon. We are working on it right now, and uh, we had difficulties with a lot of bots, but now we are in a better state. Oh man, he just like Nick. Ban Nick, everybody. All the time. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So I don't know where we were. So let's just um, pick back up with Helvi. Your question was next. Oh, Ban right. Nick is no. So, uh, yep, sorry. there you go, Ban Nick. For sure. <laughs> all right. Um, so I just wanted to give you a bit of a. Uh, Opportunity. I know you like to uh, do this because you're always thinking about the game, always thinking about uh, what's going on and what's coming up and what you can do. So I wanted to kind of give you an opportunity about dungeons uh, and where they're <laughs> headed. Because like when Croc first came out, you know, Guardians Layer first came out, I thought we were going a completely different direction than kind of where dungeons have gone since then. I kind of thought it was going to turn into like this roguelike, you know, go through the dungeon, make decisions on which path to take, maybe you run into like roaming squads of different fodder mobs and that makes the dungeon, you know, I thought we were headed towards, you know, 15 minute dungeon runs, 20 minute dungeon runs, where it's like every single dungeon is a huge adventure. And obviously you have complications with that, with, you know, 
we've kind of built up a system here where people have 50 characters, 100 characters they're trying to run, and you kind of run into some complications and might have to find some ways to work around this. But I kind of wanted to get uh, an idea of what you think dungeons are going to look like in the future. What In your dream world, what would they look like, uh, you know, six months, a year, or two years from now? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, one of the things that we have to like, you know, be mindful and like worry about is that like if the dungeons just keep acting in the same capacity um or they're just the exact same they're gonna get stale right like that's just gonna happen if they're just like oh you walk for a little bit you fight the same bot you know you fight a boss you walk for a little bit you fight a boss um i think like part of like you know endless dungeon eventually is supposed to be something that i think is you know you play once per day but it could take like you know 30 minutes or an hour like i mentioned like with the merchant and you could buy a potion to restore your health and like keep progressing deeper but we want to do that stuff on the, the story mode dungeons as well especially if we can get uh to a place where it's like multi you know multiplayer pve right and like those instances uh taking much longer and having like a lot more um complexity like uh, as you mentioned, you know, there is there is the thing, like, if someone has 50, you know, raiders, they're not going to want to run, like, a single dungeon that takes 30 minutes. But at some point in time in the future, we're going to have to be able to get past that and be like, hey, like, we need to build experiences that are fun if you just have, you know, one raider. And, like, you know, so there's definitely, like, a balance between um, both of them. You've seen us, like, try to do little things with, like, you know, decision-making or or variability, like with uh, the dungeon where there was four possible bosses that could come out, like based on the actions that you took. I think the real answer is is that, like since our dev resources have been like stretched so thin, we're trying to do like cool things without taking up so much time. And also the, the, the code, like the code mini engine, if you want to call it, that like powers dungeons needs to be upgraded so that we can do more and more cool things. Um, but I'm, I'm completely with you. Like, you know, a year from now, I would love for dungeons to like uh, feel more like, you know, World of Warcraft experiences where they, they take longer and there's more things that you're fighting and there's more things that you're able to like do. And then that there's also like, you know, more variability um where like it, you know if you know this certain spot in the dungeon where if you flip a lever um and then you know you go to this like other boss you know by flipping the lever you have a percentage chance of uh the boss turning into you know a mega boss that's hard to fight but like there's like unique loot to it there's there's all sorts of things that we can do i can guarantee you that like a year from now dungeons aren't going to be like they are today where you're just watching your character walk up to uh, an enemy, and then you're just fighting them, which is going to get very, it already feels a little bit repetitive, even though that it's fun to see the new art and get the new gear. Mm -hmm. um, we have to, we have to like step it up and, and, and get, um, you know, much more cool things happening there. I definitely think that um, we can, we can do it without, if the experiences are a lot like, oh, you need five people to raid this and it takes 30 minutes, you know what I mean? But you're like raiding with five people and there's a lot of strategy. Like when you have more people that like naturally adds more variability and also like more complex things that you can do with the bosses, you know what I mean? Like if there's, you know, five people fighting and you have to, you all have to, you know, uh, have fire resistant gear because you're going up against uh, a dragon and there's like a certain 
uh, way that you have to, you know, move around so that, or or actions that you have to take to like take down the dragon. I think that like multiplayer experiences are where we can really take the depth a lot farther, um, and like the complexity a lot farther, uh, without like making it so that like. Uh, you know, someone that just wants to casually play for like an hour every night with their like one character, they're like super afraid of going into any of the dungeons because they're like so complex. Like, you know, there's just like anything, there's like a balance between the two. But uh, definitely like I want I want that same thing. Like I want those like really rich experiences in, in a dungeon. And also if we make dungeons take longer and be a little bit more complex, they can also potentially last longer, if that makes sense, of like being entertaining for like a longer period of time than like a dungeon is now. Um, because like when there is more decisions to make and more experiences and like things to do, it's more fun for like a longer period of time. So like we could, and one of the things we've been talking about and like with like the acts and stuff like that is that like, cause one of the things we want to avoid is having like eye levels just be like this straight linear thing up. Cause it causes all sorts of issues with like meta balancing and power creep and all of these different things. And if we could get more to like an act like a true act kind of scenario where there's like maybe a couple of dungeons that are like easy, but then like the end dungeon is like really hard and takes a lot of time is complex and maybe takes multiple characters to like push through. Um, but then in that kind of system, we can like release a lot of content, have a really rich like end game content and then have the game be able to sit at that level for like a month or two without the game getting stale and allowing like the meta to like balance out and like the power creep to like balance out and like sit level for like a period of time. Um, whereas like right now, like I feel kind of like an urgency of like, um, I don't know if urgency is the right word, but like getting new content out so that it isn't stale and there's new things to do. You can kind of solve that by just having richer content like you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think- Also you... we can get boots out for the next dungeon. So that would be fun. Wait, you said new like we're gonna try to get boots out for the next dungeon too. Um, just like Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, just like common and uncommon to start with this, and then there's yeah. another uh, dungeon at the end of the act that maybe we'll have like a, like some rare boots or something like that. But just trying to do everything that I can to like add new stuff to the game without um, adding more uh, uh, you know hair loss to the dev team. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think, you know, people forget, you know, the route you guys are going for or like the final goal, right? Like people have 100, 200, however many raiders, right? But when we get to the point where, yeah, you get these 30 minute raids like you do in WoW where you go in an instance, right? And it's a it's a huge, you know, it's a 30 minute, 20 minute run or whatever. But, um, you know, it, that takes time. You're not going to be able to do that with 100 raiders, right? Uh, so I think people yeah. have to start, you know, kind of reworking their thought process of how am I going to run my raiders, I mean, having guilds and all that, obviously, you know, fleshed out will help. Um, but, uh, you know, I think once we get to that, it's going to be really exciting. I can't wait. Also, I just want to, like, say that, like, if you're out there and you have 50 Raiders, like, don't be, like, freaking out right now. This yeah, is yeah. not something like, you know, next yeah, week's going to be, like, impossible. <laughs> One way is, like, you can get around that problem, too, um, where you can do things like, uh, you know, you have seven free runs or whatever right now per week where you can just set it up like seven uh you know seven x uh on a single run where you get uh seven rolls but you lose out on the possibility of you know you don't you know there's all these advantages you lose out on but in exchange you get seven times the experience if you win and seven of the uh rolls on the loot table 
but it would be way more optimal to just run them one at a time. Um, hmm. Often you can do to kind of band-aid the issue of people having a lot of characters too if you make the dungeons way more complex. May have to get Hell V on some uh, game design consulting because that's um, a genius idea actually. Um, that that could that could definitely like you know fix fix that kind of um, thing or at least make like the transition smoother. Like once again, when we start yeah. introducing these kind of things, but that's actually like a, a really cool idea and where there is a trade off, right? Where it's not like you, you lose a little bit of efficiency. Maybe you get ten percent less XP, um, or as you said, you miss out on a little bit of upside. You know get all of your runs in uh on like a longer dungeon without being like oh my god this is gonna be a full-time job if i try to pull it the downside of if you're putting all seven runs into a single one if you lose it oh you just lost seven in a row that's uh that's less than ideal if your character is borderline you know so you have a risk reward uh trade off there too some keep i i bet you a lot of people would do that though uh i i know i know helvy would do that especially if you have like mid-range characters right that you're just trying to like like you may not do it on your top two three raiders where you're like no i want to like have full control i'm at a 50 percent win rate on this dungeon so i don't really want to flip a coin on all my runs um but then like if you're just trying to progress you know your other 10 mid-level you know raiders then you can kind of just speed up the process on those. That's a great idea. Yeah, no, 100%. All right. Bilbo. Yeah, I, I actually yep. wrote it down too. Uh, Bilbo, um, what you got, buddy? Um, yeah, my, my second question is actually about tokens. I'm not sure if that's uh, really your... Uh, um, your uh, uh, but as the question is actually just like... Um, for the recruitment now we are going to replace some of the our room with raider which will uh, give raider some uh, use cases and um, it feels like we are taking away from our room now by doing that uh, it, uh, and if we keep like uh, doing uh, the same process over and over again we will just end up in the cycles to break out of the cycle of course it's uh, important to give uh, Raider token and our room use cases, but um, what regarding that? Yeah, I think that's a a fantastic question. And like attaching Raider to it isn't something that's like a hundred percent like set in stone. We're doing this like no questions asked. I think regardless, like the situation, especially with uh, you know Laz rewards, is I, I saw a scenario where our character supply could get way out of control to a point that it would be very hard for us to come back from. And I, I think that that is one of the few areas where you can actually kill your game. And for, so if like, for me, it was like, you know, something that I felt like we had to do regardless, and then that yeah. would give us opportunity to take a look at, at the model itself. Cause like right now we have like 68,000 Raiders and a lot of people are where like if we get to 15,000 uh, unique players or 20, then we're like in a really good ratio spot and we can t- recruitment. But like when I was looking at the scenario, I'm like, I, I would much rather not have recruitment and we can get some other like sinks in the places at place in like use cases for Orem. 
um, uh, or even Orem, which it did, but I think it was mostly even if Orem out of a problem, then like, if we wake up one day and we have 200,000 raiders and we have like, then we could be in a situation that is like, you know, really hard uh, to get out of. So to go back, like the raider isn't something that has to be set in stone. But basically one thing we were looking at is like that that came to this idea was that like if we can make raider um, something that like permanently um, add add something new to the economy that like by adding the raider cost to it you you can kind of prevent just like an orem las flywheel that will like add permanent things to the economy especially things that can earn orem as well like you know like an alchemy table you can just charge if someone wants to buy that you could just like charge orem for it because yeah it's like a but it's not letting you like get another raider that then can go level up and then get more orum and then get another raider that can go up level up and get more orum it may have not been the best band-aid uh it just put recruit and make it all in orum but like what i like no noticed and didn't fully appreciate when was um that uh if you make recruitment cheaper over time, it's actually like a drag on the floor price. Like it's just mathematically a drag on the floor price. Like everything down with it. Like if I, I think if I could go back in time, I would have said, let's let, um, we could leave recruitment open, but maybe like the Orem price has to stay flat or maybe it even goes up. Um, it would have protected the price of the floor a lot better while still allowing new people to come in into the game. But also there was this thing that I was, or we were as a team, we're like, we want to make the game an affordable entry. We didn't want to thousand bucks to like start playing. Um, but it is like, a, it is like a, a delicate, like balance between the two because unintentionally when you drag down the floor price to make the cost of the game cheaper, existing customers to help your new customers yeah. and that was never that was never our intention like we haven't done this before I, we haven't had like 10 like recruitment style games like we're you know learning some of this stuff on the fly but yeah like when i like look at like the situation i don't think we did anything like bad but i saw like a potential bad problem like forming that we had to like nip into the bud so maybe when we reopen recruitment it's just like an orm cost but it's a little bit higher because even if eventually because one of the other things is is potentially the way to get mass crypto raider adoption is like a free to play game where they can't earn but they can play and they interact with the crypto players that are earning because of what they can do that like the free to players play players can't like for example like free to play players can't do anything with the farming right so like the free to play players would have to buy potions and craftable gear from the pay to play players and that's like a synergy that you could see working out if that was the model then you really don't need the pay-to-play character cost to go all the way down to like 20 or 30 to make it an affordable entry they could actually be at 50 bucks and it could still work out because if someone doesn't want to pay that they could do the free-to-play game where they can't earn um maybe they can't trade but they can play and like fall in love with the game and and maybe there are mechanisms that they could work towards to then be able to like buy an actual pay to play character but that's all regardless like the goal to pause recruitment was like hey game five is kind of going in a bear market 
Like we don't want to create this inflationary supply flywheel that we can't get ourselves out of. So I was like, it's best for us to like pause it, work on getting some other syncs in the game. And then when we relaunch it, try to relaunch it with a model that our existing player base and doesn't harm them, which once again was an unintentional outcome, but may have happened because of our model. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you checked my PowerPoint, but I did touch on those points. So I, I think, uh, like, as, as a solution... I've never banned you. <laughs> as, as a solution, you could maybe add aging uh, to the raiders, where, say, age... a certain point, you have to sacrifice one of the characters, for example, to... Um, make them young again, for example, like just uh, as a burning me mechanic, if you feel like uh, the supply is out of hand right now. But I don't believe that uh, a problem dunked people and exactly. everyone need at least three characters since we have three builds. Exactly. So I, d I did like the math and I was like, okay, if we can get to 15,000 unique players, then if they each have three to five, then our like supply ratio is actually perfect right here but like yeah. literally like just one night i'm like laying up and i'm like oh my god dude like one day we're gonna supply <laughs> and then <laughs> people are gonna be like the floor price is atrocious and it's gonna be like it is because there's two hundred thousand. i mean look at zed run oh. right yeah 200 like 2.4 million by gen 10. Exactly. yeah yeah i, I did do some mess on yeah. Uh, three millions uh, if we did only 60% uh, recruit rate. Exactly. And I'd love to click a button and like make player growth just like go up. <laughs> yeah. Which is like an ideal situation. But we, our game is a little bit more complex than like, a, you know, like a step in or like other types of like casual like games out there. So like, for example, it's like, you know, a super popular kind of like Diablo like game. Uh, their like founder did like a talk on like their game progress over time, and like they like their like goal was for like the first year or two of like their development, and like now they have hundreds of thousands needed to get like to to get to so because they're like you know a more complex game like my like my you know a casual play person that i know isn't going to like pick up path of exile and maybe necessarily fall in love with it but they show that the total addressable market for even a niche game like that is uh millions of players hundreds of thousands of daily act time to get to and i was just like looking at the situation and like if we have as helvian you said like a million raiders and we have ten thousand players like that's that could be like a death blow to the game so i was like gotta hit the pause button we can get some other things in place for Orem. Orem can be used to enter for our player base to enter the tournament. Um, it can be used to like uh, potentially get cosmetics. It can be used to get tools and buildings that you need to keep progressing farther in the dungeons where you can keep earning last rewards. So I think that we have plenty of other like sinks. Like we already have a sink that most games didn't have, which is that you need to pay Orem to run more dungeons. Um, you know, which is a, a sink without recruitment. If nearly as big of a sink as recruitment was, it, it's like a 90-10, but at least it's like a 10, it's a starting point and we can build other stuff on top. I was more worried about, am more worried about way too many raiders than like uh, temporary things that we need to do to make like use cases for um, Orem.
so yeah yeah but full circle back to your point like raider isn't something that we have to like attach to the recruitment model to make it totally required i just think that we need to keep it paused for a little bit and if we do reintroduce it we in- we need to reintroduce recruiting at a at a orem price where it's um it's supportive of our players and supportive of the floor instead of like a negative flywheel well, that's good. That's a good. I'm a big fan of pausing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. I mean, I think a lot of people are. And it was also one of those things too, where it's like uh, you can build models where, like, if the market is efficient, it works. But like, markets aren't always efficient, right? And if the market becomes inefficient and it breaks, like, then you're in like a bad situation. So yeah, yeah. You always have to also be really weary, worried about uh, like hype cycles and things like. Axie kind of got caught by it where, you know, they had mm. and they needed all of these axes to be around in order to support that many players. And then everybody left and exactly. or, you know, a good portion of people left. And now all of those still exist and nobody wants to use them. Exactly. And that's in, if we go from uh, 10,000 players to 250,000 players, that's still a problem we have to solve healthy. Cause like our current recruitment mm. model won't, solve that and that and that's a big thing with gaming uh uh cycles is that like player bases will go up and down but if there's assets that then become unnecessary and then like flood the market that's another problem that really no game with this type of model um like has solved so that would be like another thing that we would have to um you know figure out at, like as well um, that, that that ties into it very good very good point and yeah axie has shown it but all games have shown it it's just that we're the only we're a new type of game where the impact of that like uh, halo infinite if there's two hundred thousand players or there's fifty thousand players like you can still queue up and get a match it doesn't like break the game or like the game economy i guess it would be interesting to look at some things too like runescape and world of warcraft and like how their gaming uh, cycles like affected the um, the prices of their like items and in, in games and stuff like that or like look at like Eve Online. I think Eve Online has done it great because they've always they've always had really good burns in their game. Like ships can blow up, ships can break, and it pulls all of that out. So like even if their player base goes down, like they have like really good burns. But yeah, that's another problem that like we're gonna have to figure out is like if crypto raiders goes from ten thousand players to two hundred fifty thousand players back down to hundred thousand players up to five hundred thousand down to two hundred thousand like how do you make an economy that doesn't like blow up in a big way and then mm. contract in a bad way without like breaking things yeah permanently or yeah you started out with permadeath in the game so i know i know gotta <laughs> you gotta get that fucking shit in there right uh, <laughs> Supposed to be family friendly, Nick. Gosh. <laughs> Sorry, earmuffs, kids. My bad. I have a, I have a two and a half year old at home, and I'm always like, flipping on that. You know? No, but I think you know, that's a good point. Permadeath, man. Like, and I think that's what a lot of us were drawn to. But it just has to be installed correctly and at the right time. Uh, you could, you could do it right away, right now, but it's, it's just gonna, it's not gonna work. Yeah, and all on like the roadmap in in orders of important because it's like very important and part of the thing is is like if we'd probably be further along in feature sets of the game like we probably could have permadeath and we probably would already have live pvp and potentially disenchanting and like crafting but like we made this like strategic choice that like if we're trying to build a game that's going to be the next runescape or the next world of warcraft like 
how does phaser scale on like a two or three year horizon? So we're mm-hmm. like having to make some like short term sacrifices in, in, for the good of the game, you know, like on a longer uh, horizon. But I think like once we get it out, if we can get a senior dev on our team and then get our core dev team more familiar with like building in unity, then we can have this like perfect world where we have unity. It's working great. The features start coming back. We all got used or all got used to. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, I guess we will get uh, Bermat this once we spam win enough. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's actually a, a when calculator. You haven't hit it yet. Drop. <laughs> uh, hashtag when in chat, please. Hashtag when in chat. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. It started the train. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh Kinnebear and dan what you guys got i really just wanted to know when there's going to be more permadeath like events like more tournaments oh, with yeah. permadeath would be so much fun like i feel like there's so much more that would go into it if you're sending a raider in that like you've happened for a little bit to a permadeath event like if that raider loses like you're gonna be hurt and like some of us just, i don't know it'd be fun or you send in a new just more permadeath events would be so much fun and i feel like a good bit of people would join them because like it's not gonna be if you're sending your elite raider in imagine you lose to someone with rare gear like you're gonna be so sad but like you deserved it like at the end of the day and it'd be kind you kind of laugh it off but like i don't know just type of event because they're all almost the same in the current do not expect to see richard in any permadeath event <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, we could also make it like sort of, or maybe it's like a battle royale mode. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where you you all kind of come in on the level level playing field, gear throughout like the progression. But then like you die, you die. But like you make it like an equalizer, like we did with the permadeath. Right. That I also was thinking like, could we potentially tack on permadeath to the big tournament? That, um, because since there's like twenty five hundred players, that would be like a big fun like permadeath um yeah. event um but like have to like tie that into like the the everything like that but that would be a cool like a cool opportunity but yeah and and that also does i think Hellview is what you're alluding to like that does actually allow you to solve some of the hype cycles of a game where like mm-hmm. if it if it's going down there is like a way to like kind of naturally like turn the supply back out yeah it's good. From like uh, a mod facilitator standpoint, like everybody loved the permadeath tour, permadeath tourney. Yeah, yeah, it was so much fun. So it was just, yeah, it was a blast, and it was like I feel like the most fair out of any of them. So that's why like people like, and everyone was good sports, and then we all shared what our passwords were after, and it was hilarious and a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know y'all did that. Yeah. <laughs> I also love the uh, the gif uh, with like the raider walking and then getting hit with like the tombstone. Mm-hmm. The first person that died in the tournament. And <laughs> it would be a lot more fun too if it was like live PvP too. And yeah. um, and that's also why with this like this tournament coming up where we wanted like everyone to have like the same like loot table uh, in the game where we can have, um, for lack of a better word, like power creep progression in. A lot of aspects of the game but then also have aspects of the game where like everyone comes in with a character on like a level playing field where it's more accessible for like all types of players 
and then they can, you know, level up for a week, go in a tournament or battle royale style. You all start like naked and you're running around getting gear. <laughs> like, little slappies. Someone also asked if we can put like, uh, they were like, maybe it's weird for new players if they see all of, like the naked characters and we can just put some like default <laughs> gear on them. Oh, like, put that. some like cavemen stuff on them. Like, yeah, or there was a, that YouTube video that was calling us a scam because all the characters were naked. Yes, I, don't know if you yes. that. <laughs> I had a friend send me that video. <laughs> he started by highest listen. He's like, why are some of these like. This like has to be a scam. And it's like well, people can actually listen. Well, to you actually thing. find your items for, through through exactly. physically playing the game. But exactly. I, I always list a character at six nine six nine, uh, you know, every time. Of course yeah. you would. Yeah. yeah, It's weird that once you throw uh, crypto in front of a video game, people forget how video games work. Like I don't understand. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That makes no sense. This is a game. That's not a good. This is a video game. Wait, what? <laughs> All right, we got one question left for each of you. Um, Helvi, we're going to go with you first. What you got? All right, so uh, this is a little bit less of a fun uh, uh, fun question. So it's um, about how you, so like the original tokenomics, you know, way back, obviously nothing in that really applies too much anymore. But the original tokenomics uh, white paper talked about like lockup periods for the team and everything like that. And I know like you talked about the core team had it extended out even to like 30 months. But I wanted to ask about like what um, constitutes like a core team member and what are, you know, more people that are not uh, influenced by that lockup and what kind of goes into that from the team's perspective. Because I know there have been some people that, you know, partially get paid in um, Raider token and just, you know, obviously it's their right. if, if you get paid partially in Raider token, you're going to sell it because you need money to buy groceries. You know, that's their right. I have no problem with them doing that. Um, but we'll kind of what uh, are the differences there uh, from the team's perspective? Because sometimes you'll see, you know, you'll look at a wallet and be like, well, this one sold, you know, how much ever of a token. It's like, well, I would have considered them a core team member, but I guess they're a contractor technically. And I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's some of it you can't talk about, but kind of what goes into that from the team's perspective. No, uh, it's, it's kind of in the. That, that's like a really uh, like good idea, and like uh, most of those, for the lack of a better word, like issues are from like contracts that we agreed to. At the very beginning of the game, when like, you know, Raider was fifty cents, and we had two hundred thousand dollars in. Treasury, you know what I mean, and we had, yeah. <laughs> and and those people took a at the time a high risk to like get paid out in that but also we were a little bit more amateur at the time in terms of like crafting the agreements to um have lockups and we didn't have lawyers at the time to help us like craft all of these agreements so like what i can say is that like going forward like there's gonna be no more like uh, you get paid in this and you just get it every month and it gets like dumped like everybody on the team and the vast majority of everybody on the team is a core team member all of those people will be on lockups so like all of our devs will be on lockups if artists are getting uh rewards they're going to be on lockups um like a year instead of us on the core team where it's like three years or, or two and a half years or whatever it is but like everybody is going to be on those kinds of lockups going forward and now that we also have more cash in the bank we can just pay people more cash and not pay people um as much in tokens because i do agree that that is a problem 
and like with like some people it was like we already had these agreements in place and then maybe we thought that they were going to be full-time team members but then they decided that they wanted to become contractor you know they wanted to you know not be a full-time team member and so then the contracts like weren't adjusted um it's a little bit of like one of those things where it's like where we were at you know eight months ago is way different than we were at today um but like going forward we're not going to have um like any of those issues if someone's going to get paid out in raider they're going to be on at least a year lock before they can access um any of it and now that we have 10 million dollars in the treasury that's not a deal breaker when we're talking to people because it's like no we can actually pay you enough in cash that you can pay your rent and you can pay um for all of your living expenses and so the raider is essentially your upside in the project and that's why you're here and that's why maybe you're getting paid a little bit less than you would at a corporate job because you have but yeah like long story short like a lot of that is like legacy things that have in in place like a person where like i don't like going back on a deal on someone even if like economically it makes a lot of sense to um yeah i, I agree with that completely you make a deal with somebody it's a deal you know yeah, you got off you know <laughs> i signed i signed like you know nine month or like year contracts at like the very beginning so i'm i'm locked up until like uh 2020 uh end of 2023 or 2024 when it starts coming up and then it goes all the way into the end of that year and same with uh all of like the founders so we don't we don't have the ability or the desire to sell tokens trust me it, to be able to trim some tokens at you know ten dollars but oh yeah tell me about it i i went i in solo stake at the top and now it's down to like eighty thousand. so tell me about it i'd love to be able to have uh, <laughs> sold them i know what position i know what it feels like <laughs> yeah exactly like yeah right like right now i just you know get paid up and um all my upside is it is in like making the game a success but I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because like i've wanted to discuss it and there has been like some awkward scenarios and scenarios that i really wish i could like go back and like you know like fix or like change like there's all sorts of things that like i didn't even know that like for example you can do contracts that aren't fixed price but are like t-wopped right which the person can get uh, gets the bonus or gets paid out based on where the token price is. So if the token price is higher, they get way less actual tokens. Um, and like, I didn't even know those kinds of agreements like it actually like exist back in the day. But like, once we flush out like all those like legacy contracts, which is only a couple, like any, uh, and all new deals that we've been doing with like new hires and everything like that, they're all on uh, year plus lockups. Um, they're all getting paid way more cash. So, uh, as many tokens because i see i see the same thing that you see healthy yeah i just wanted to ask about it because i i can't imagine how many dms you get about it because i get dms about it every once in a while like hey did you know this person's dumping their tokens i'm like no i didn't but i, I don't have an answer for you i'm not on the, on the team i don't know yeah you know? And, and for so. me you know contractors you know certain contractors have probably made you know uh four times my salary the number i haven't looked in the details but um yeah uh, if i could go so many things differently um but i was just a young young little guy with a dream <laughs> <laughs> and still have a dream and 
so fast too that it's extremely hard to keep on top of it. I mean, when we were at like 50 cent uh, Raider, I never imagined in a million years that we would see it at 10 bucks in like six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like a lot of this stuff has been like a learning lesson to me. Like once again, if I could, you know, start it all from the beginning, things would be, everything would be long-term lockups. Everything would be on TWAPs. Um, you know, it would be weighted ash. So yeah. Hmm. That's a good question, Hove. Um, Bilbo, anything left? What you got? Um, yeah, uh, it's regarding Unity, but not as a usual when Unity. It's uh, more like um, now, from my understanding, uh, Unity is uh, will open more uh, things to do in game and more features. Uh, do you have a plan, like a kind of roadmap to? what is coming next and so on, like the next five, six, uh, six steps that you think uh, will come after Unity? Yeah, so uh, first thing is gonna be um, uh, uh, true PVP uh, with uh, matchmaking. Uh, and then like on, on the short list is um, like disenchanting and crafting, like some sort of like uh, overworld experience. Like we all have this we should be able to have like some of that like in the game where people can hang out and they can be like dude look at this sick new weapon that i got and like you can talk um uh one of the uh, uh senior game dev consultants that we like hired he did like a lot of research on like diablo 2 and how like a big social aspect of the game was like trading and how like a lot of friendships and like uh like you know things were created because mechanism because it like had a real reason why you would go into the overworld and like uh and and hang out um auction auction house uh of course i would love to get a fishing mini game like in there that was <laughs> that was like like the in in my ideal world like unity was going to be out in april and like we were going to be able to divide and conquer like uh on the core dev like teams and like have like basically people like on like the combat gameplay side and then people on like the social kind of experience side like the overworld and getting fishing and getting all of these different things down the pipeline the cool thing about so like one of the big things that slowed down unity is the fact that i think a lot of studios they're used to building games that are all client side and since we're on pvp and since we have like security needs we have this really complex server side infrastructure that i don't know if you all remembered like back in february like the roadmap got kind of delayed because we were building that out and I don't think you, like we've had to work with the Unity team to like build up the code base to like interact with all of that. But like things like like phishing, it that's where I think like the Unity Studio gets to like really like show their um, experience, right? Because they can like make a real that, um, and they'll already have like all the server side interaction like um, uh, baked in. And of course, I personally like really want like some more like like. Uh, multiplayer experiences, not like PvP matchmaking, but like multiple people trying to accomplish like the, the same thing in a dungeon or in an event or or things like that. I think that's um, really fun to me. But um, and we are working on getting like a white paper up that's like updated and and has like the roadmap list of like all of the things that that we're wanting to accomplish. But basically, most of the things that we're wanting to accomplish out of the gate like are the things that you know the the community has like really talked about, which you know true pvp disenchanting crafting overworld experience fishing um all that jazz i was actually praying to hear something about wings i'm a big fan of the wings the what yeah. 
The wings, uh, uh, characters' wings. Oh, wings. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, um, yeah. So, like, on that line, like, not only just like wing, but like being able to mount up and dismount in dungeons, and then there can actually be even more value for um, mounts Mount. because, like, yeah. if you mount up, you could move faster in a dungeon, and then, like, also in the overworld. You want to show off the sick mount. I mean, that's like I, I need me a legendary dragon mount that I can fly exactly. around on. Oh yeah, very fire emblem with the being on a mount has different advantages compared to if you dismount. And, and, totally, yeah. totally right. <laughs> and then also, uh, um, that's part of the reason why we're looking at increasing the sizing of the characters because there's like a limited amount of pixel room to like do things so like, funny so. on the mounts right now they would look hilarious just i know right <laughs> <laughs> they have two pixels for the whole character of the <laughs> well the funniest thing is when we were looking at the um the resizing because like, one of the things ken talked about it with the original size is he's like i only have three pixels for boots <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Well, that's that's probably a problem." Uh, we, were, we were looking at like the old, old, old ones the other day, and I was like, "Wow, yeah. I didn't realize." I was like, "The only one that hasn't changed too, too much is Tammy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mad. Her, her design was just—it was so good, right? Yeah. Well, because back in the day when we first actually made the redesign, there were some people that were like mad because Tammy like changed even like a little bit, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> "But then I was the big fan." Yeah. And then I'm over. But the funny thing is, I don't know if you noticed with the resizing skin, I counted the pixels, and somehow even with the resize, the boots, the boot went from three pixels to two pixels. It so went that, less. <laughs> I know. It went one down. I'm like, well, this isn't helping the boot thing. So. Um, I actually uh, wanted to see if we go up one more size. We don't want to go up two more sizes because then you get to that, you know, that level of pixel art where it like starts to look like real art. Like it doesn't yeah. become yeah. Art, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. But we can, we, we tested one level up, but I think we can go one more level up and it's still like the art style that we love, but it will take up, like, I think it will add another 24 pixels to the whole shebang that, the art team can work with and then maybe mm -hmm. we can get boots up to like a whole six pixels to work with that. let's go can we have maybe multiple uh looks for tammy and the community gets to decide which one is the one that we will go for just for tammy just, just for tammy like, <laughs> like more hair color and more like yeah like styles. yeah exactly Hundred percent, and and the nice thing is that that should be like really easy lift because like, it's not like it's it's literally like just calling like a different like art file, you know what I mean? So then like, we can have all sorts of like hair colors, all sorts of hairstyles, all sorts of like face styles, like you said, like a wink or something like that, and then also potentially making like some of those things like not default but like unlockable, like you know through like winning a. A uh, certain dungeon, or mm. or like doing something in PvP. Overworld salon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in, in chat was like, uh, "My my refrigerator clothes are like I haven't like uh, washed them yet. Like where do I go to wash them?" And then someone was like, "The sink." And then someone else was like, "Is that what the ultimate sink really is? Like you have to pay Orum." That's hilarious. Um, all right. Dan K. Kennebear, last question. What you guys got? Um, okay, so this is kind of more when Unity comes overworld question. Um, and this is more of my childhood obsession with like Gaia online talking. Are there any plans of 
property and a, like a house, like a house for your Raiders, like that you can decorate or. Yeah, so we we were, we we 100% have been like talking about that because like uh, like trying to like tie it into the overworld. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I'm trying to figure out is is um, like the differences between like uh, land, which would maybe be more like economically yeah uh, useful, and then like like a home kind of thing that you're talking about. And the question is like, would should that live on the land or should that almost be like apartments? in the overworld you know what i mean because it may be cooler to attach it to the overworld because if you think about like traveling and stuff like that like right no one's gonna like go all the way to like you know land and like hang out in this like isolated area it may be cooler to like try to attach it to like the cities right right um, and maybe like you know like there's like certain uh uh, there's like a limited amount of like rooms in like different like instances in the city mm -hmm. and like you can own like the deed to like the apartment and you can upgrade it and everything like that but like if you and your friends want to go start hanging out in, like another city you could like maybe sell the deed to like that apartment you could also potentially tie in some like i don't know maybe like equipment things like it could act as like a pseudo storage bank kind right. of thing. i was gonna say i just want to hang my fancy weapons on the wall <laughs> right. yeah you can also uh you can also do like ultra premium ones too where it's like you actually own you know this little piece of land in the city that's always permanent always instanced then anybody can come to it and then you have the other ones that are you know more economy that are just you know like the apartment that uh has a hundred thousand instances in it you know that anybody uh can have and you kind of have that you know really cool things that you could potentially maybe if you win it from some huge tournament you know you've got this land and it's always instanced in in one of these major cities and yeah, there's just cool things you can do maybe that's we can a really cool idea. maybe we can mint some deeds to land you know and like you know it just breaks the ethereum chain you know that that's probably a really good idea yeah i want to i want to pay ten thousand dollars in gas <laughs> yeah let's <laughs> yeah. do it It'd also be cool in like the rooms or maybe like in a guild hall if like you could have like the heads of like bosses that you've like defeated yeah. <laughs> as like a sign of like, you know, like taxidermy up on the wall. <laughs> exactly. Like I took down this dragon, you know, and it'd be especially cool if it was we need to get another limited edition or limited uh, event dungeon back in. Mm -hmm because um, those were always like fun but it'd be cool if you had like you know the head of a boss from like a limited dungeon that mm -hmm. is like never coming back and like yeah. You know, yeah one of the few people that took him down yeah that would be awesome uh dan k Dude, I, would, I will spend so much money on purely <laughs> cosmetic items like i don't care <laughs> the amount of time i have wasted and just getting like rare items and games that don't do anything but look pretty that you like put on the wild <laughs> And that's the cool thing about the like the Orem loop where like people were kind of like, what will people like like spend Orem on? And people will actually spend a lot of Orem on cosmetic things. And then the cool thing about our game is that like they could just play the game to get the gold to buy the cosmetics instead of like pulling out like the USD card. But like the more research I do on like games that are purely revenue generated from cosmetics, like uh Fortnite to an extent, although it is tied to a battle pass, but like Path of Exile is actually like the perfect example. You can play Path of Exile the whole way through without any cosmetics and it will like not impact any access to the game you get, anything whatsoever. It's like 100% pure play cosmetics and they make like millions of dollars a year off of it but it would be like even cooler in, in that kind of scenario of like the cosmetics you could like get from like your in-game um, uh, usage. So yeah, you're you're the perfect. Uh, I need to be uh, 
hitting you up for like all the content <laughs> ideas. Like yeah. Genshin Impact religiously. I know it's a little different because the characters like some are better in senses and they do different things, so they do have different utility. But in a certain sense, you could just play the game for free, never roll on like any of the characters except for like because you get free um, primo gems just for playing, and then you can spend those on rolls on characters you like wish for them. But uh, it's. <laughs> It, this the amount of money. I've, I mean, not that much. I'm not too bad, but I've spent like <laughs> and this is guy seventy dollars on a game that I didn't need to just to roll a character because I like the way they look. Did, like did you end up getting these characters. There? I don't even level. They just sit in my character list. Like I but don't even. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> did you at least get the characters? Huh? Did you oh, get the yeah, every time I spent money, I've got the character on the banner that I was no, I, I missed out in sh show, and then I stopped playing the game. You were like, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no not like, for me anymore. I've got, like, C5 Toma for free. I don't know if you know who that is. He's, like, a newer fire character. But, yeah, dude. No, I... All of my friends I've, like, in a little Twitter group chat, all my friends can't get him, and I've got him, like, C5. Just from, like, not trying to get him. Rolling on the banners, trying to get a different character. And he's just like, hi, I'm home again. <laughs> I need to look up this mechanic. It seems really cool. Engine's fun. All right, we got some. It's the standard gotcha. It's the standard gotcha. Yeah, it's the standard gotcha game. Typical gotcha game. All right, Nick, we got uh, we got some uh, community questions. Um, a couple easy, a couple hard ones, uh, and then we'll uh, end this session. All right. Also, and one quick thing on the cosmetics is you could make cosmetic gear that's not like. Uh, that affects stats, but it's just like awesome to rock around in the overworld. Yeah, tra transmogs win. Transmogs, yeah. transmogs. Yeah. Just make like a light bringer, make it into a dark bringer or something. Yeah. Just like, I don't know, just changing like the glow on something. Yeah, it's just like three different looks for each item. Like it can't doesn't have to be like unlimited. Like even if it's just like yeah. oh, it can be this, this, or this. Like having that option of like. I'd spend so much money on just Dude, being able to change the color of some of my gear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can also like add just cosmetics to the weapons where uh, the skin of the uh, weapon, no matter what it is, looks uh, in a certain way for a raider. Yeah, like imagine being able to have like a the like a spectral kind of skin on just like any of your weapons. Yeah, exactly. Or just like you like the spectral split like kind of look to it, but you don't like you don't really like the skin to it. Maybe you throw a different yeah. skin. That you really like shiny, like the Lightbringer, like yeah, I love that. I love it too. I don't know. I love the unforged half plate look, but like yeah. it's just it's not going to be the best armor anymore. Yeah. Mm. So that's true, especially as we get more gear. You know, it makes sense to be like exactly. transmog. Um, all right. Yeah. I, I mean, WoW does that, so I mean, yeah, it makes sense. All right, Nick. Um, so a couple questions for you. Uh, are mini games planned like uh, before we get to Overworld? Uh, like, uh, uh, like a, a mini game that you may do when your quests are all done. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't have any ideas in terms of mini games, but is that something that you guys have been thinking about at all, throwing into the mix? Yeah, well, I mean, do you guys want fishing before like Overworld? I mean, like everyone's <laughs> like yes <laughs> the, kind of, the kind of cool yeah. thing is you can make the fishing experience where like multiple people can like go to the same part of the river so you can almost make like fishing like a like a pseudo social experience at the mm -hmm. same time making a mini game but like also like you walk up to like the river and there's like four other people chilling there and you're like you know, you can like talk to them. So maybe we do that first. I, I think, I think the way, like Gaia had fishing per se, and it was like you would log in and then they would pair you with like however many people that would fit the room. 
there's like if there was like different servers and then exactly. you would, like, instance it out right like so yeah like, yeah right yeah. and it was like yeah. everybody yeah. in the same little like fishing pond but like you could get yep. yeah almost like aim chat groups you know yeah. like, way yeah. back in the day you know aim chat groups yep. oh man well, I think Unity doesn't seem like a problem if we get fishing uh, faster. Okay, cool. <laughs> I can make I'll shake. I'll shake on that. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> fishing before uh, like uh, city overworld is what we'll. Is what we'll uh... All right. A mining mechanic. That's Deep. my favorite thing about Harvest Moon. But then, in terms of uh, other uh, mini games, like uh, one thing that. Uh, uh, Devin, one of the uh, game designers that, that came on, he. He, he, he's done a lot of hackathons in his day where like, um, you know, you join like a, a, a hackathon and you're like a dev and an artist and you do some like cool things. We, we talked about this previously on the roadmap. Uh, another L on my list of things I put on the roadmap that got pushed back, but um, it would be really cool uh, for us to do like a hackathon event where we try to attract like developers and artists um, from out, inside our community and outside our community, but have like a prize pool and they can make... Um, like fun like mini games and just like different experiences that we can do with our raiders on top of like the normal game mode still have to like figure it all out but like in my free time one like game idea i've been playing around with i don't know if any of y'all have played clash royale um but like clash royale basically there's like two lanes and there's like towers and you send like yeah uh, people to fight him down the lane uh making that but instead of towers it's uh, a raid yeah, Tammy's on both sides. There you go. <laughs> and you can send some of the cards. Like, you can put uh, weapons and equipment on the raider. So it's almost like a fighting tower okay. uh, minigame. Uh, I, I was playing around with that idea. But that's that's something we could potentially do. But like, if we're talking about, like, actual in-game, um, like, minigames, it sounds like Fishing Overworld is, is what we got to do next. So Community has spoken. Yeah, I think that's a really cool solution, actually, because we get the social experiences that I feel is important to the mm -hmm. game and the community, but then also getting the mini game that everyone has been wanting since the beginning. All right. Next question for you, my friend. Uh, the demand is kind of lackluster. Is there any kind of uh, goal or plan for uh, for a marketing push, maybe a delisting campaign or a sweeping campaign or anything? Has that been kind of talked at talked around at all? Yeah, so um, I'm not sure what a delisting campaign is. A sweeping, where like the treasury like sweeps the floor. I'm not the biggest fan of that personally because we're basically just like giving, we're taking away gunpowder that we can use to make the game better long term, just to try to fix like a short term solution. But in terms of getting more demand for the game. Um, I, I definitely think that we can utilize the tournament as a big way to do that. And we have our uh, PR team queued up, ready to go to get press around that. Um, it's just that we have to get, I don't want to tell the PR game team to go and like have it all these dates on it. And then we mm. can't hit the dates because of the like fully fleshed out. But I think that's going to be a big uh, potential marketing event. I've also talked in the chat about doing uh opening up so that people can uh, join the game and buy a Raider just with credit cards and, and buy some uh, dungeon keys just with the credit cards that we can get a lot of people. Because what's interesting is there's a high percentage of people in our community that this crypto experience, and you got to think about the amount of friction that they had to go to, go to, to just get to the game. 
And if we remove that barrier, if we can bring in more players that like this style of game, participate, and they're not scared of crypto, they're not scared of NFTs, it's just like it is a earmuffs, bad word, um, very painful to like learn mm. MetaMask and all this stuff for like your your first time. Um, and um, and then also I'm uh, I want to just like step up my my own like marketing initiatives and like ability. So um, uh, like working with uh, Twitch streamers to try to get um, like Twitch streamers that average like 200 to 1000 viewers, um, like paying them to stream the game, um, but like giving them like leveled up accounts where they can like, you know, be actually like interacting with Laz and showing off these cool experiences. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, working with uh, potential influencers on um, uh, TikTok. If you actually comp our game size versus other crypto games out there, a lot of crypto games stall between 5,000 and 10,000 players. There's only a few amount of games, at least unless any of y'all can correct me, that really break beyond that, like Zed1 being one, Axie Infinity being one. There's a very select few amount of games that have broken beyond just like the niche crypto gamer market. Mm -hmm. And based on so many good, or not, so many like crypto duck in this like five to 10K range leads me to believe that the size of like the crypto, hardcore crypto gaming community is probably like 30,000 or 40,000 people. And so for us to get real beyond that, now part of the problem is, is that we have to get the game to the place where we can cost effectively acquire these new customers because if we try to ramp up like i i've done, run ads my whole life like I, we could crank up like paid ads that we wanted to do like 30k 40k a month but if we're paying for a lot of customers and the customer acquisition cost is high and the stick is high because the game isn't at like the level of a fully polished game we could just be burning money but i think that they're non-traditional advertising solutions where um uh, uh crypto logic said that only uh 40 4.4k and healthy already answered it thank you healthy um <laughs> the uh i think there's other ways for us to like bridge the gap between before we have a um before we have a uh like complete game where we can get ourselves to 15,000 20,000 30,000 players as we're building towards the point where we can go out and get lots of gamers and get like a hundred thousand um, yeah. players. Uh, but part of the reason why, like I haven't been pushing on that so much is that we just have been having a lot of internal, like reworking a lot of time and intention going to trying to like get unity, uh, like get the teams integrated properly and working properly. Also working on like scaling up the team. Um, but like, I need to, uh, really start to put the growth hacking stuff because that is one of the things that i'm uh, i'm like I, I at least i think really good at and i've done in my career so mm -hmm. i want to start to get those things uh going because i i do agree that the uh but if you one of the things that if you notice is that i'm pulling up uh peter's um charts because yeah this isn't like crazy numbers but just with no marketing and just natural organic growth we get 10 to 15 new wallets coming in every day that's not 
crazy numbers, but that is like 10% player growth where we're at, like every month with no marketing, with no push, which leads me to believe that our game is in a state where people are interested in it and and in, in having uh, some level of uh, uh, growth periods that we had. Actually, interesting enough, they were like tied, they weren't tied to like marketing events they were tied to like news events or like catalysts if that makes sense right mm-hmm. and i think that's where, like we got a lot of player growth um because of the investment news mm. like if you look at that period of time like you can see it on all the stats like Orem bridged into game like skyrocketed for that like couple week period the amount of new characters bought like skyrocketed for that couple week of period right where like news events and in like those kinds of catalysts can get you the um, players maybe more or probably definitely more cost effectively than just like a traditional customer acquisition model like mobile gaming um, mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of solutions but it's going to be like that's why I think that the the uh, big PvP tournament it can be a really big catalyst because like I put myself in like the shoes of like a game where people competing for like that level of like a prize pool and i'm watching it on twitch and it's super hyped up because langley's going ham (laughs) um i i think that's like a potential where we could take we could potentially double our player base if we do the pr campaign properly if we do the associated like marketing properly i think those kinds of strategies are what's going to get us like a lot of uh player growth until we get to the game to the state where we can get that like really natural like curve up i am pretty bullish on doing uh trying the twitch uh streaming thing because we are positionally in an interesting spot especially if we can get the credit card uh processing going it's just running through legal right now um is that um if like people are watching twitch streamers play the game and have fun and they can just go check it out and they can just like buy with a credit card and, and hop in and we target the right twitch streamers that already they don't play call it games that are kind of like this i think um that uh that is and that's an easy thing to implement in place zero on our team is like super tapped into like twi- a lot of twitch streamers and stuff like that what's very interesting is a lot of people in like the card gaming genre um like our game and then also a lot of people like in the runescape genres right there's like niche genres that we can target that are going to have like high customer overlap um and that's like a relatively easy thing for like marketing campaign for us to set up um, so I, I, am very aware of it too, though. Like yeah, I look yeah. at the KPIs every single day. So it's, right. it's, it's just where it's where we're at right now. I got you. Uh, um, I, I feel sorry. One point just regarding the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you feel like, uh, 1 million might be too much for the current, uh, players number? Because, uh, I feel like, uh, now I'm not an expert, but I feel like we can uh, maybe make it just uh, half of set and people will still be very interested in um, taking part yeah, and so on. And that's, and that's something that we've like talked about. Cause like part of it is like how you price it in Orem and then how the Orem like flows into the prize pool. And that's like part of like how it can get up to that. But then also you have to look at then the, uh, the sell back into Orem. So yeah, we could uh, potentially do that. We could also, um, potentially like uh the treasury pays like three four hundred five hundred k in like eth and then like other like i still have to work through some of like the pricing modeling but i do agree with you like um uh just an idea maybe with luck time so the one million cannot be unlocked directly but over time i love you bill though i've been looking at that (laughs) exactly where you can kind of tranche it 
and a lot of games have actually uh, done that as well. Um, yeah, I just picked one million because it sounds cool. It, it does. It does sound, sound cool. very cool and attractive. It it's got a nice ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I got two more questions for you, Nick. Uh, quick ones, uh, hopefully. Um, do you think you reached the floor price that you wanted for your Raiders too fast? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What we were like talking about before, um, yeah. like the when we talked about like, oh, we want the game to cost twenty dollars for people to play. Like that wasn't supposed to be like <laughs> like eight months from now. That was like like. <laughs> looking ahead like two three years now we want to be like the cost of like an indie game um, yeah and that's why i say like when like looking back um it was a miscalculation yeah. um uh, of just uh how how we modeled it um mm -hmm. and like how, how we modeled like the formula to like like work out um if we were just at like thirty thousand uh uh total like raiders out there like what does the game state look like now you could also say then there's also like 36,000 38,000 less raiders that were recruited with aura mm -hmm. like so many variables but i think the thing that i'm very confident about is that we accidentally created a negative flywheel on the prices um but we didn't do it to the point of no return um and that's why like i wanted to pause recruitment and then completely mm -hmm. like restructure it because mm -hmm. we're at a total supply count that we can really easily turn it around. Get five thousand new players in, it will everything will look different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like I think if I could like go back, we would have yeah, we would have we would have uh, done it like much, much slower. I think part of the issue too as well is that like where we were at when we switched to open recruitment, like GameFi was the hottest thing in crypto. Remember in December and January? Like it was like crazy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We thought that it was just gonna go like parabolic and it didn't um and then we also thought that the um you know investment deal would would also maybe create another type of run like that and we didn't expect um like crypto uh to be in a um um it's a bear in, like the market condition that it is now yeah because you got to think like a new player like you know that they're hearing like crypto's tanking like you know does that impact their interest in like trying out nft gaming i'm not sure the answer to that too, but but potentially but yeah I can 100% say that, you know, the model that we chose, um, I think, was in hindsight a, a miscalculation and there was better ways that we could have structured it that would have, mm. um, we probably still could have ended up with the same amount of players with uh, better market conditions for our game. But once again, I don't think that we let it get to a point where we really messed things up. Like yeah. if we were having this conversation and we were at a quarter million Raiders and a floor price was like, Eight, eight fractions of an ETH, um, then we would be in a really bad situation. But like when I look at it, I'm like 68,000 Raiders. If uh, most players want three to five and you have some people that want a lot more, like that's a very addressable situation that we can mm -hmm. like plow through in the next couple of months. Yeah, as, as miserable as the bear market is, uh, it did point out these uh, issues a bit to you, I think. Uh, yes. Whereas the bull market was kind of band-aiding and covering exactly. them up. Um, exactly. Yeah. All right, last question. Uh, you may not be able to answer, but um, there's a rumor apparently that I just found out about uh, that Nat is not staying on the team. I don't know if you can answer to that. Um, is he moving on or at some point? Um, I'm, I'm Nat, not sure. Nat Eliason? Uh, like, Nat Eliason? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, he's he's still with us uh, on on the contract for, I think, a couple more months now. But maybe he doesn't want to uh, keep uh, going on the contract. He hasn't said anything to us, so okay. um, I'm not sure uh, if that if that rumor is true or not. Um, but it, yeah, who told you that? Uh, I got the question from Keenan. I I got the question from Keenan. So, uh, I mean, Ban Keenan, maybe, I don't know. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> one of the things that we've, like, we've, we've talked to him about is whether he wants to, um, you know, keep working with the project after his, um, uh, contract ends up, um, mm-hmm. which is in a couple of months. Um, but in terms of like where we're at in the game, we have, we have a lot of people that have already taken over, um, a, a, a good percentage of that work. Mac Arthur has been doing some. Uh, really incredible things. He's been leading the charge on the um, all of the on-chain uh, economic things. Um, yeah. So yeah, if it if it does if it does happen, um, uh, we're in a really good uh, position, and that and that kind of uh, uh, ties back to uh, Helvi's uh, uh, earlier um, questions. But I don't I don't know if like Nat's uh, Nat's always been a uh, a contractor. So if he's working on other projects, that doesn't mean that he's um, like not interesting and interested in working with crypto raiders because that's that's been the case for like four or five months now. So if, yeah, if someone is yeah, people could easily just be speculating wildly off of uh, him working on some other projects on the side and off of uh, wallet activity and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I talk to Nat all the time. I don't think that he would just tell other people that. He's, yeah, like, <laughs> he would yeah. tell you first, and, and, and not telling us. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, uh, but like, if he if if he wants to, um, yeah, at the end of the contract, like if he wants to just spread his wings and do other things, like I'm I'm completely supportive of that. He did great things for the economy, um, in in getting the game uh, to where it is today, and we are in a great place now where we can. Uh, if Nat's on the team, it's going to be a great value add, and if he's he's not on the team at, at the end of the contract, it's not going to. Uh, really impact things uh, too too much here, but yeah, I think you would have that conversation with me uh, before having that uh, conversation with With anyone else. (laughs) Uh, And also, just to say, some of the other projects that he is or allegedly not working on, I've had conversations with him, and he's not uh, super uh, bullish on some of those projects, so I think some people may be making some big assumptions. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I just want to make sure we clear the air there. We don't like rumors. Um, All right. Hey, that's all I've got. Uh, anyone have any final questions for Nick um, while I run the giveaway for 3,000 Orm? What one question, uh, if you don't mind. Now, uh, you did mention like multiple times that uh, um, rare uh, radars are just cosmetics and so on. But I feel like since the number went up, so the value of them got uh, a little bit destroyed like uh, in comparison to what it was before. Um, do you think you could give them more value, not in terms of power, but in terms of like uh, certain races are better at harvesting, some are better at, at alchemy. For for um, uh, items, like where items could. So are you talking about item drops or adding uh, like cosmetics to or items? Or farming. Like, like uh, totally for farming and like uh, yeah like, it, it, it's not giving them more power over other raiders but it's uh, giving them more value and like uh, getting more rewards for example from harvesting 
yeah, uh, totally. getting better potions or now, are you maybe talking about, uh, like items like that specifically drop for certain things that like only and... have value or like an item that can like do both I think if we add only items, it will break the game. But if we add, for example, them having like a, a certain um, uh, a certain percentage higher than others to get more uh, harvesting rewards, or when they are questing, they get more uh, of a certain things, or they can only, for example, fairies can make certain potions, like something like that. That that will not give them an edge over other raiders when they are fighting them, but in your team it will be valuable to have them um like as at least once in your team each species yeah totally i mean i think things that don't the big thing that we have to like, always worry about balancing is like the actual like gameplay itself yeah. so there's totally things that we can like add to items that could like impact like fishing percentages or like on-chain farming percentages um but then of course we have to factor that into um balancing the like economic side as well right where like you don't want uh people to have like you know too much advantage in, in like a certain way but like there's two ways of doing it like one you could have items that drop that are like only functionally beneficial for that specific thing right so you could have like a pair of gloves that drops that isn't a great item from a pve standpoint uh, not, not item i think uh, you misunderstood I, i'm talking about traces like uh so like that, like dark or like dark elves doing something exactly like, yeah, 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 yeah yeah like orcs are strong so they're better at mining so they yeah. get more yeah. materials yeah. when you send them to mine yeah 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 that, i mean that's actually we haven't thought about that too much we we avoided the racial traits from uh a uh or species traits from like a combat standpoint because like we didn't want you know like and as much as I liked in World of Warcraft being like undead because I could like break any stun or fear with my trait, it did suck against like a, it, and it's a weird balancing thing. But yeah, if you're talking about um, purely like racial traits that like support economic things, I think that's very interesting. Yeah. And I definitely think that that's something that we can do. Once again, it's a tight balance between you don't want to make it so it's not. Um, uh, where it's not unfair like you don't want like you know someone that has a human to being like oh man like it sucks because like i can't mine nearly as good as like an orc but like a five percent like boost or something like that um i think that's a pretty cool idea you could also make it so that those characters had the ability to do it but they had to work for it instead of it being like default you know what i mean like mm. maybe like an orc has to go on like a quest um a specific quest that takes time or orum or a mixture of both uh, to like unlock like the you know has to go talk to like the master orc of of like mining or whatever um but i like that idea a lot i'll, I'll write that down as something we can talk about well plus if you do it like that where they have to go on a quest like humans are the base race and you know thematically humans are kind of the master of all trades you know or the jack of all trades uh mm. so you could always do it where humans have the advantage of being able to do quests for anything they get a bonus in anything but it's at a you know half the amount that you would get on a specific race like orcs are specifically for mining humans could do mining or they could do gathering or they could do potions um but if you have an orc you specifically really want to do mining because you'll get a much bigger advantage than you would on a human like fairies are like better at like all herbalism uh, or maybe yeah, like certain fair. types of herbalism yeah. yeah i think also potions like uh when uh, when one race has like the ability to make a certain potions it will give like uh, it will also encourage people to sell and buy from each other like if i have a fairy and uh, healthy has 
a dark elf, he can like get me some resources, I can get him some, and then we trade them. It doesn't have to be like uh, in money, it, it can be also against other things. Like in uh, almost every MMORPG where you trade with people to get resources that they have and you don't. Yes. Um... That it, uh, that's actually something that we have been like exploring and looking at because it creates like some like dynamic like economic things where y you have to make it you kind of have to make it like work one way and the other way like if like a yeah. certain uh you know like an orc can only get this then so that they don't just have like a pure play inherent advantage like they only get this but then maybe like fairies are the only ones that can uh, find fairy dust, right? And like fairy exactly. dust that's used in like crafting or something like that. So yeah, we'd have to kind of like balance it across um, like all races, but I think that's cool. And that's like flavor for the game. And there's like all sorts of like interesting things that we can do there. And I like that idea. Cause then it's not, I think the biggest concern for most people is if that stuff starts to impact combat. Um, Cause like when it starts yeah. impacting combat, then it can get like weird really quick. But if we keep it like yeah. purely on the economic side, I think that's a good idea. Also, you can make it like uh, not able to sell trade for other stuff. So when people like get those resources, they can only trade them with things from other players that they can then sell uh, for our room, which uh, will not uh, like affect the economy side uh, too hard or too harsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm idea. for that. I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that the races didn't have enough utilities, uh, in my opinion. But yeah. um, but I also know I there's a balance there in terms of balancing value and all that. So it's a it's a kind of a slippery slope, but um, but one I think we can manage. All right, uh, I do want to clarify that the questions, uh, the community questions, were a summarization by Keenan from the community. So they didn't come directly from <laughs> Keenan. Just so you guys know, uh, it's not Keenan. Like throwing these rumors out. <laughs> Just want to make sure. I love okay, you, Keenan. Cool, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was, I, yeah, I was a, a little, uh, little confused by that one. Nat um, uh, and I are pretty good friends, and we we talk uh, very regularly. So I think if Nat was talking to anybody about, and also Nat is a very professional dude. He's not he the is. kind of person that's going to like spread uh, rumors. Things I would be the first person to My find out. And especially since like three weeks ago, I was talking to Nat about renegotiating his, uh, uh, his contract, contract after it expires to keep um, working with us. Um, I think that a lot of people like to uh, create uh, some, uh, you know, rumors out of uh, thin air. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag... Trust me, we would not be where we are today without Nat. Yeah. Nat asked me to ask that. And I'm working as the CEO to uh, to want to incentivize Nat to stick around and keep doing great things. But if Nat has done all he wants to do here, that's going to be okay too. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a conversation that probably uh, Nat and I would have um, first. And yeah. Um, yeah, and it's also a little weird if people are trying to uh, pump other projects by saying something like that if he's a consultant on multiple projects. But hey, you got to do what you got to do to pump your bags, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag you keep trying to dodge the Ben Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, closing the giveaway in five, four, three, two, one. It's closed. Good luck to everyone who entered. Mr. Dysvert. Dysvert? I don't know. Maybe that's how you say it. 3.26% chance. Let's go. 
All right, so we're going to end this stream a little different, guys. Um, Bryson is streaming right now, and I'm thinking we raid Bryson's stream with our 60 or 55-plus streamers. Are y'all down for that, for raiding Bryson and just dropping when or, or just hashtag Crypto Raiders or something like that? I think yeah, it'd be fun. for sure. Let's do it, all right? <laughs> He's uh he's playing he's playing some kind of crypto game right now so let's let's go blow up his stream all right we're gonna have some fun hey uh for you Dan K go ahead whoever won last week I forgot to set out the other orum but I'm gonna ping Tyrion and make sure that happens I I got the ball but we owe you uh, <laughs> a orum that's on me uh, I was wondering where it's my all room oh it's yours <laughs> oh it's just Bilbo. Oh, no 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 it's not Bilbo's. <laughs> That's fine, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, for Dan K, Kennebear, Hell V, Bilbo, thank you all for stopping in, saying hello to us, uh, chatting with us. Nick, as always, uh, absolute pleasure having you here. Uh, can't wait to the next one in a couple weeks. Yeah. And thank I, you uh, for having us. Yeah. And yeah. I love all of y'all on this. Like, it's it's awesome how much uh, I walk away with after every single one of these, just in terms of like ideas and and new things that we can implement and like also in enthusiasm i just think that all all of all of uh all four of you and, and langley included are really tapped into like gaming in general and obviously like love our games so just want you to know that any ideas and in like feedback that you give like I, I really do like value um really seriously and um and uh bring back to the team and, and like figure out you know like how we can implement some of these cool ideas we just got to get unity out the yeah. door yeah. start we can start re-unlocking some cool things uh, i love it right. there, are, there is a lot of hate in the community against you especially so <laughs> you, you you can at least be happy that or, or at least know that you have also a big number of supporters here yeah we appreciate you a lot thank you i, I appreciate y'all y'all too and uh some hearts okay. in the chat for nick uh some hearts in chat for nick i love it but it. hashtag bands Bilbo in chat as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, we'll see you all later. Thank you so much. Peace.